0: Hello, welcome back to the show. Today, I have another Friday solo episode for you. Today, I'm going to be sharing my number one client tip. Uh, More important, I think, than marketing, more important than making decisions about how you're going to manage a case, more important than making decisions about how you're going to maximize the value of the case. This is client tip numero uno, and they do not teach this in law school. Now, before we get to that, I want to say a big, big thank you to all of you out there for listening to the show, sharing the show with your friends, and for leaving me a rating and review. We're on the verge here of our highest download month ever, and uh, it's only looking up from here. I also want to say quick, quick shout out to the couple of guys who have messaged me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's really cool that there are lawyers out there who I don't know uh, and have never met uh, inside Virginia, outside of Virginia, who are listening to the show and giving positive feedback. So, you know, my question to everybody who's reached out to me has been, what kind of stuff do you want to hear more of? And so please reach out. I'd be happy to try to find a guest or hit a topic that fits your needs. So with that, let's get on with the show. Welcome to Time Freedom for Lawyers, where the goal is to become less busy, make more money, and spend more time doing what you want instead of what you have to. Bringing together guests from all walks of life, who are living a life of their own design and sharing actionable tips for how you too can live the life of your dreams. Now, here's your host, Brian Glass. Okay, hey, one last like little intro note. Uh, you're gonna hear something in today's show that resonates for you. If you've been practicing a while, you probably, this is not the first time you've ever heard it. If you haven't been practicing for a long time, maybe it is the first time you've heard it, But my ask of you is that you share this episode with somebody who's younger than you in the practice, because I think it'll really help them out. Anyway, um, tip number one, client tip number one is rip the Band-Aid. Rip the Band-Aid. And what I mean by that is not only delivering bad news quickly, and my firm belief is that bad news needs to be delivered quickly, needs to be delivered by the attorney, not the paralegal, needs to be delivered Um, with a message that here's how we're going to fix this. But I'm really not talking about delivery of bad news here. I'm talking about termination of client relationships. And the reason that I'm thinking about this today is because it's going on in my own practice. I was having a conversation today with my law partner about a case where liability is kind of tough. Um, You know, it's the kind of case where we could probably get some money for this guy but we also might not. And so, what she said to me today was, "You know, li- liability has been denied. Uh, I think I can get some money out of the adjuster, but the client's really a nice guy." And I said, "Stop right there. You know, every because every time that I've extended a client relationship past its time because of something outside of the merits of the case, I've regretted it." And so, my advice to her was, "We can't be uh, hanging on to a case and delaying the inevitable." And it probably is inevitable in this case, just because the client's a nice guy, like this doesn't get any better with time. And I know this because I've been dealing with it for the last year in two of my cases. Um, and I didn't take my advice early enough on, I have a case now that's dragged on for God, almost six or seven years. Because I have a client who every time I've given advice to, she's done the exact opposite and I've maintained the relationship. Um, and I'm angry about it and I vent to my staff, but I haven't terminated the relationship. And what happens when you don't terminate the relationship, maybe not on the first time, but if you don't terminate it on the second or the third time that a client doesn't listen to you and goes against your advice, then you wind up where I am, where it's 10, 11, 12 times down the road. And you're like, why am I even in this case? So let me tell you kind of how I think about this and the framework that I use when I think about ripping off the mandate is like, I like to look out for these early indications that a client is, that I'm going to have difficulty with some client control or that a client isn't going to listen to me. Um, Things like if a client tells you something different than what's in the medical record. So, right. So client comes in and says, doctor said, I need surgery and you get the record and the doctor says you know, needs physical therapy and injections and surgery, maybe somewhere way down the line. So I get the clients often hear the worst case scenario, but if the client is consistently telling you things that are not in their medical record, then that's a red flag, at least for me. And it's somewhere where I want to early on, like actually show the client the medical record and say, here's what Dr. Smith said. What do you think about this? Sometimes the clients go, well, I got to go back and talk to him and I got to clear it up. Or sometimes they say he's wrong and he even put that wrong. Um, you know, we not, ha- does that happen sometimes? Yes. Uh, does it happen as often as clients think it does? No. Red flag number two for me and along those same lines is the client that complains about everybody. And this client, thank God, uh, self-identifies very early on in the process, typically during the intake. This is the client who complains about the police officer that came to the scene, complains about the EMTs, complains about their treatment at the hospital, complains about what the primary care doctor said, complains about the receptionist at the physical therapy place, you are going to be the next person that they complain about. And the only way to prevent that from happening is to terminate the relationship or don't accept the relationship to begin with. And red flag for me, number three is a red flag that doesn't show up unfortunately until pretty late in the relationship, which is the client that edits unnecessarily um, and, and edits incessantly. So, client who you send them a draft of the demand package, you send them a draft of the discovery and you get back all of these red line edits. And they're not substantive edits because that's one thing. Like there are always things that clients know about their case that we don't know about the case. And that's perfectly fine. It's the phrase changes that get me. And and it's the reason that I usually won't represent other lawyers because lawyers are awful about this. We think that we are genius wordsmithers. And we think that our turn of phrase In the middle of a discovery packet is what's going to win the case or lose the case. And clients who, especially like the client who's the lawyer who never actually practiced law, these guys are the worst of that because they don't actually know how these cases proceed. And so they will redline everything. I had a client one time, um, I think he was a former litigator. He was former big law. (laughs) And we were on a phone call one time for like 75 minutes going through line by line edits about commas and periods. And this is early in my career. And I didn't push back and say, dude, I, I know what I'm doing. Please just leave this alone. And I didn't push back and say, dude, I know that you know how to use red line. I know that you know how to use track changes, like make the edits and track changes and send it back to me. This does not require a 75 minute phone call. So those, for me, are three indications that clients don't value your opinion, don't value your time, and aren't going to listen to you towards the end of the case. Um, And when you do rip the bandage, like it doesn't always go well. Um, Just know that. Um, I had a client in in the last year who sent me this list of complaints um, about the way that we were handling his case because he thought that we were doing a poor job. Uh, managing his case. And he was upset with the speed at which it was progressing. And I reminded him over and over and over again, I can't make any effort to try to settle your case until you're out of medical care. Um, because you, you know, like what happens if you need a surgery later, like we can't get you compensated for that. And he was early in the care. Um, and we just weren't communicating on the same page. And so finally, like one Thursday night, he sent me these three complaints um, about the way that we were handling the case. And the last line of his email was, I'm going to rest up and think about it and I'll send you a longer list tomorrow. And this is six or seven o'clock on a Thursday night that I opened this email and I responded to him. Don't worry about tomorrow. You're terminated. We'll send you a copy of the file. Was it the most professional email I've ever sent? No. Was it the right decision? A hundred percent. Because what happened next is that I got 20 emails from him over the course of the next five hours continuing to, to rip into us about the way that we'd handle this case. And I could not, as we sit here today, be happier that we terminated that relationship. In fact, when I went in and told my staff, they were like, how come it took so long for you to do that? And so does that suck in the moment when you get those 20 emails in a five-hour period um, telling you how bad you are at your job? Yes. But really, it's an indication that you made 100% the right decision and that your life is going to be better from you know tomorrow forward having made that decision. So my number one advice to new lawyers is rip the mandate. It is easier said than done. I am 13, 14 years into my career. I am still making the mistake of hanging on to cases too long. But when you've identified a relationship that's now operating at a C or C-plus level, And it used to be at an A, or maybe it never was at an A. But when it dips to that CC plus level, cut it off before it goes down to an F. You will be far happier that you did. There are plenty of other clients in the C that you can work on their cases. And often we end up with these cases or we end up keeping these cases for one of two reasons. One, the phone hasn't rang in a while and we feel like we need to work on this case or the phone will never ring again. Or two, we've let this behavior slip three or four or five times And now it's hard to terminate the relationship the sixth, seventh, eighth time that it happens. So catch them early, cut them loose. There are other lawyers who can handle those cases. It doesn't have to be you. Hopefully some of this resonated with you. If it does, do me a favor, share it with somebody. There's somebody out there that has not had this experience yet who will thank you later when they do. See ya. Hey guys, if this kind of stuff resonates with you and you want to hear more from me and my friends, please subscribe. It would be also really helpful if you would leave us a rating and a review wherever you're listening to podcasts. Thanks a lot, and I'll see you next time.